Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. A great big hug welcome, if you dare. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe people need hugs, Liam. Did you ever think about that? Oofa doofa. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we talk about a little anime called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo, aka Golden Wind, aka Ugon no Kaze. Is that actually what it's called? A.K.A. Giorno's Big Bash. <laughs> Giorno does uh, Italy. The Jode Father. The Jode Father. Oh, that sounds yeah, not bad. good. That's bad Ugh. content. That's terrible. Uh, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is the podcast and this is the episode. Uh, we are not doing well today, oh, are we? This is great. This is this good is stuff. This is top tier. People love it when our brains crawl out of our ears. <laughs> Do you reckon one day we'll actually have like a good... Ep- oh, oh, okay. All our episodes are good episodes. You shut your <laughs> fucking mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying we have good episodes. What about like really good episodes? Do we ever reach that top tier? Yeah, I back us. We're good. Yeah, right. Fair enough. All right. Today, we watch the 22nd episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Vento Oreo, uh, which is also the 135th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in total. It's not prime. You know what really tisk, sucks? Tisk. It really sucks that these numbers, in the presence of Trisha's outfit, are just really bland numbers. You know? Or would you rather have, like, um, Plank's constant? Fuck yes. Oh my god, can we do that? I don't... This I've, episode is 2.7513. I've just watched Stranger Things Season 3, man. I don't know mathematics. <laughs> hey, speaking of strange... No! What? This episode covers chapters <gasps> 524 through 527 of the original manga release. Oh my god! Hey, speaking of strange... Yeah? What were you going to say before? <laughs> well, I was going to say that this episode... Is brought to you, Liam, almost inexplicably. No. By the one. Very explicably. They signed up to our thing. They gave us the money. We're saying thank you. The logical AJ Torres. AJ Torres. AJ Torres. He's a guy. Just a nice. Or a not guy. I don't know. Just a nice tall drinker, AJ. <laughs> you know what? When I wake up in the morning and I pour myself a good clean glass of AJ, I think to myself, yeah. It's going to be an okay day. And then at night when I need to party hard, you review the facts of the day and you look back and you say, hmm, yes, that was an okay day. I wouldn't say it was good. I wouldn't say it was great. But you know what? I wouldn't say it was terrible. Just a nice meaty part of the bell curve day. You know what? 98% of my days come within this little middle region. And I think it's within uh, those bounds. But the day when when I found out that AJ Torres was one of our... Patreon.com slash Jojo's World patrons. Oh, that was one of those 99 percentile days. I'll <gasps> tell you that much for free, sir. Oh, I'll stick a shit. fork in it. I'm done. God damn. What an outlier of a day. Thank you, AJ Torres. Thanks, Age. For your money. I'm going to hear that. <laughs> 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 one day someone's going to hear that and go, do they actually just care about money? No. What if, what if you met one of our patrons and they're like, I have a very important question for you. And you're like, go ahead. Ask me anything you want. AMA. 
Do you do you do you do you actually just care about the money or is it? Yeah, I got into podcasting for the money. Oh, okay, right. You're one of those podcasters. Okay, but what happens? You if... know, idiots. <laughs> you know, dumbheads. Oh, what a, what a a brutal denouncement. Oh, you know those of for profit podcasters. What is with me and weird, not at all confrontational words today? We had hug for some reason. Just came to my head. We don't need a list, Nick. Yes, I want to share with you some words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. From the author of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, good. I thought it was going to be yours. Creator of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and therefore what? of this podcast. Wow. I didn't even realise he made ve- us. And therefore of the current depths of our friendship. <laughs> it's too real, but yep, go on. Hirohiko Araki, volume 57 of the manga. That's a good number. This is accompanied by a fetching picture of Hirohiko Araki with a pleasant smile on his face and... Uh, about six books stacked on top of his head, open. That can't be good for the books. No, that's that going to break the spines. Good. No, that's terrible. Mm. Why would he do that? A shameful arrogance. <laughs> A shameful arrogance over his face is... Oh. I mean, look, he's not even remorseful about the spines of the He book. revels in the literary <laughs> damage he's causing. It's what's giving him life right now. Both literary and literal. He writes... Sometimes, when reading famous people's biographies, I find common points that profoundly touches me and gives me courage. Mm. In the post-war period lived a famous stylist by the name of Christian Dior. Of course, we all know Christian Dior's fashion label. Yep. Rumours had it that he couldn't keep himself from gardening when returning from work. And I thought, I'm like him. Gardening appeases my heart and I hate cat's droppings. (laughs) I mean, what? How? What? <laughs> Hang on. Let's break this down. Mm-hmm. Dior couldn't return to work because of gardening? Couldn't keep himself from gardening upon returning home from work. Right. And Araki can't keep himself from gardening as well. Yeah. Gardening appeases his heart. He also hates cat's droppings. He hates cat's droppings. He hates cat's droppings. Nick, what do you, how do you feel about cat's droppings? Um... You know, I can see the benefits. I can. But ultimately, I don't know if it's an effective tool to use in your arsenal. For manure. For manure, you know. Or to, um, to de... Or to... What does it even do? Like, acidify the flavour of coffee beans? What, cat manure? No, um, there's an animal. A certain animal. Yeah. Not a cat. I'm just drawing parallels. There's an animal, yeah. Which they feed the coffee beans. Okay. And then it digests the coffee beans and poops them out. And that gives them the good flavour. What? Is this real? Yeah, this is 100% real. This is a real thing that happens? Yeah. This is making coffee even less appealing to me. All I know about is... that I know there's uh, one yes. with monkeys. My Google but... search has autocorrected from droppings coffee to poop coffee beans. Ah. Kopi luak is made from coffee beans plucked from civets feces. This is bad news for civets. What the fuck is a civet? Google number two. What is civet? We're going down the civet hole today. <laughs> Oh, it's like a sort of tall raccoon. What? That's not a raccoon. That's like a small fox. I mean, they're all mammals. Are they really, though? It's a small, live-bodied, mostly nocturnal mammal native to Asia and Africa. Like me. Yeah, really, we're all Africans when you break it down far enough, aren't we? (sighs) Cool. That's the civet, and this is Jojo's World. Where we recap and discuss Jojo's bizarre adventure and not civets. Today's episode is, of course, entitled... 
Not as I uh, erroneously informed you last week, Determination. How dare you? That was you. a recap episode. You? How dare you? Go on. It is the G in guts. I mean that. When I saw that, I went, "What the fuck does that mean?" The G in guts. <laughs> oh, G, Mister. Is this... You've got gut. You've sure got a lot of guts coming back here, Mister. Smacks palm <laughs> with fist. Uh, I'm unsure how to feel about this. I bet you will, boy. What are we doing today? JoJo's World. So I thought G in Guts might stand for Jorno, but... But but based on the episode... It's it's definitely Guts. The G... Guts starts with a G. I'm assuming this is about, like, Trisha's strong soul and being like, gotta kill my dad. Are you sure it's not about the shark? Why would it be about the shark? Because... He's all G and likes eating people's guts. Because he likes to attend an orgy. Weird choice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not entirely sure why it's called that. I assume there was probably a manga chapter. And I'm going to guess it's the one dealing with Trisha's Mm. stuff. Called the G in Guts? Yeah. That's just a weird name. Why would they call it the G in Guts if Trisha's name starts with T? Oh, that Trish, she puts the G in Guts. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm literally telling you. I have no idea what you're saying. The G in Willikers. The G in Guts was the title of volume 10 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, featuring the Mystery of King Crimson arc. Mm Mm-hmm. Chapter 524, The G in Guts. What does it mean? And the first two chapters of... The cl- of Clash and Talking Head. But what does the G in Guts mean? This is all I need to know in order to make my day this good. The events of the G in Guts are mm-hmm. at the start of the episode, as our recap will cover shortly. Yep. Uh, it covers Narantia and uh, and uh, Mr. and Abakio kicking the shit out of that guy. Yep. Which, by the way, top tier storytelling. Bruno recapping what he's learnt about the boss's power. Mm-hmm. And Trish being like, yeah, fuck it, I'll kill my dad. Okay, but what does the name mean? Meanwhile, Narantia sees a shark in his suit. <laughs> oh, man. They put the G in guts. They're JoJo's what? Bizarre Adventure. What does it mean? What is the G? It's the capital G. I get that. I get the literal, like, it's the G in guts. But, like, what's the what's the subtext? Nick, how about instead of asking questions, you provide some answers? The G in guts is inside us all. Because we're filled with guts. I'm not. I'm a robot. Ah, shit. Well, I was talking metaphorically, but I don't think robots are filled with guts either, so... Oh, this one is. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we like this? We're silly. So, Nick, what did you think about this episode? Amazing. I actually fucking loved it. Um, Although, this is a weird observation. But has the animation style changed or something? Because it feels oddly more, like, detailed to me. Or Um, or maybe, like, things look less, like, smooth. I don't know what it is. Not that I've noticed. Mm. Um, Things don't look so perfectly anime, you know? There were some some sort of wide shots where I noticed some low-quality character models Mm. uh, in this episode. But then there's also, like, some super detailed Narantia close-ups. Yes. So it's probably just budgets and times, you Mm. know. Hmm. Inconsistencies in anime. Yeah. Who would have seen it coming? But no, this is fucking dope. This is uh, one of the sort of less high octane part five battles, and I like that. Yeah. Good change of pace after everything we've had so far. Also, I remember telling you that 
just conceptually, this episode is incredible. Not because it's like, wow, what a great idea, but just because you you say the words out loud and like you watch what's happening and you go, huh, what, uh, what? <laughs> why? But what? Yes, give me more. And that's so, it. Yeah, we deal with two enemy stands in this episode. Um, Clash, the shark that can teleport from water. Liquid to liquid. Yep. And, and then has all the powers of a shark in addition to that. Is that literally all of his powers? It's just, I have the abilities of a shark that can transport from liquid to liquid. Yeah, it's a shark and it can get you if there's liquid nearby. Just when you thought it was safe to go back near the water. <laughs> and then we have Talking Head. Which is, I think Talking Head would, if it was encountered in isolation, would fit in really neatly with the rest of Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. Yes. And it would be like... Um, so, tell, just to, to clarify for anyone who may not have seen the episode, mm. it's a parasitic stand that attaches itself to your tongue and makes you say the opposite of what you intend. Which is weird. And I could see them being like, oh no, it's, it's, been, it's attached to Koichi and it's making him drive all his friends away and now he's going to be lonely and sad. If that happened, I'd actually cry though. But then in part five, because it's more of an action-oriented story, mm. they pair it with a shark that will murder you when you're isolated. <laughs> so... Yeah, just like when it, things were happening on screen where it was like, um, as soon as Narantia got like, I think his tongue bitten off is the first yeah, time you yeah. see it. Um, as soon as that's happening, as soon as everyone starts getting into like, whoa, what's going on? What's happening? I was just like, what? I've just remembered how insane this show is. <laughs> like you just what? like the bit where Mr. Pulls out his gun and goes, Narantia, what's going on? Is there an enemy magic user nearby? And I'm like, an enemy wizard. And I'm like, what? I, this... This show is amazing. <laughs> so shall we just get into our recappy then? Sure. Hit me with a recappy. All right. <laughs> They're all boating through Venice. Um, you may recall they've just escaped from the boss. Yeah. They've, they've been forced to make a, a, a quick escape, leaving behind their friend Fugo, who decided <gasps> not to come with them. What Fugo. will become of him? Nobody no, knows. Nothing. No, they do. Um... <laughs> And Bruno's like, oh, we can't leave Venice right now because the boss has all of his elite bodyguards on our tail. And and they might be watching the borders waiting for us to escape and attack us there. So we should lay low for a bit. This annoyed me because Avakio's like, hmm, we probably don't know what their powers are. And I went, we didn't know who anyone's mm. powers were so far. We should definitely stay in one place and let them tighten the net around us. Only then can we slip through the cracks. Uh, yeah, I can see the <laughs> logic. It's not good logic, but I can see it. But then, oh no! Oh, Mr. Sex Pistols are hungry. Oh. Bruno, can we go to a restaurant? Well... I guess their guts are empty, and so are ours. You know what? Let's go to this convenient Italian restaurant. This convenient canal-side restaurant. It's probably not uncommon in Venice. Absolutely not. I don't think... In fact, I've been to Venice. La-dee-da. I'm well-travelled. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember anything, but I'm pretty sure there were canals and stuff. So, then we cut to the new opening sequence. So, this weirded me out, because it was... Really serious. <laughs> like, really serious. It's pretty full on. The, the new song is, uh, I think it's called Traitor's Requiem in English. Okay. Or maybe Requiem of the Traitor. Requiem del Traitor. Because now that they have betrayed 
the boss. <gasps> they are the traitors, and oh. this is their requiem. Oh, I get it now. Uh, so we start with a shot of a ha- a hand being kissed. Oh. Then we quickly vump through the titles. But no, no, I'm sorry. We don't vump through the titles yet. Well, no vumping. No. First, we cut to like the golden skies over Venice and the title, Ooh. and this is all the the slow part of the opening. I just love that when we were watching it, we both just cracked up laughing as JoJo's fades in slowly, and there's like this orchestral violin. We were like, okay, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> uh, do you do you have did any other imagery stick out to you specifically? We saw Trisha's stand. Oh, we sure did. It's not a dinosaur at all. No. You warned me and I still wasn't ready for the disappointment. Just like a a pink feminine design stand. It's just like some pink lady. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you had a dinosaur. (laughs) Where's the dinosaur, Liam? I did warn you. Uh, Hirohiko Araki sets it up and then just tumbles down. And was there anything else that stood out to you? I saw Risotto Nero at one point. Yes, so we saw a, um, a young man... In pink or purple clothing with pink like or purple a young hair. Kid, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then in the the swirls of his hair, we saw Risotto Nero. Does that mean that Risotto Nero is his stand? <gasps> Ooh. Do you want to hazard any other guesses as to what oh, that God whole thing could it. mean? Um, maybe the kid has like multiple personalities, and Risotto Nero is one of them, or something. Right. Okay. Some weird thing. He's Risotto like, Nero, but he's also Linguini fireman. <laughs> well, Rosetta Nero is, of course, the head of the Hitman team. Yeah. And what better way to assassinate someone than by becoming someone else? Ooh. Um, probably... What? No, just kill them. <laughs> I mean, it's weird because it, the kid looked like he was having a, a real crisis. Mm, yes. Like he was tucking like his he's head. grabbing his face. And he's then all like, like, what am I? Oh, who am I? Where am I? And we're looking at him like, oh, who is he? <laughs> Meanwhile, Risotto Nero is like in the background being all like, I'm Risotto Nero. I'm still alive. Remember me? I guess Hirohiko doesn't. <laughs> we also see a couple of other good shots worth highlighting. Uh, like a really low shot of everyone's ankles and feet mm-hmm. of the moment when they metaphorically walk away from Fugo and he hesitates for a sec to go after them, but then stops. You know... You said metaphorically, but that is just what happened. No, it's not what happened because, of course, Narantia jumped into the water and swam after them. We don't see that. Oh, yeah. So it's a metaphorical representation of the events because we see Narantia's feet hesitate for a second but then walk with everyone else. Ah, I get it now. Yeah. Symbolism. God damn it. (laughs) There's all classic, um, like, action shots of people doing shit with their stands. Mm -hmm. There is a very interesting one of Bruno... Where it's like a still image of him drifting upwards on the screen. But at the same time, a zip is pulled down him. Revealing like a red Bruno underneath the ordinary coloured Bruno. A Zambo Bruno? No. Oh, okay. <gasps> what if he's a witch? Like, like a, a, like what if? What if? Hear me out here. Hear me out. So we know Kim Crimson. Yep. Kim, I, Kim, Kim Crimson. Crimson. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim Crimson. <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> Um, we know that Kim Crimson. <laughs> I really like Kim Crimson. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make someone named Kim Crimson. <laughs> He's just a really shitty King Crimson. With like oh, I thought it was face. a woman. Oh well, it is now. Yeah. Um, 
So we know King Crimson like stops time, right? But what if... No, not that. But... Yeah, he like stops it and then everyone's all like... No, he skips it. Well, I guess he skips it. But for him, he like moves... Yeah, I guess it's not really stopping. That's... Yeah, okay, fair. Um, what if... What if... What if... The weird other face... Yep. ...is like another power. Mm-hmm. And he's like... He can turn people into stand users just by like... Oh, using sh- shooting eye beams at them shooting from his second we- face. Yeah, some weird eye beams or something. But because... Bruno's already a stand user. What if he's been turned into like some weird undead witch thing from like ye olde time? Not like new witches that's all like, here, here, here's a cold. Oh, like for instance, if the eye beams pierced particular parts of his brain, unlocking the... The The full potential. Yeah. Exactly. So he's a vampire. Shit, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, okay, he's a vampire now. A vampire with really weird heart... Beats that stopped and started, question mark, mm-hmm. no one knows. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, near the end, we have some, you know, classic classic end of Jojo OP, like, building towards a representation of a climax that may or may not eventually ever happen, mm-hmm. where we see, like, blood dripping, uh, and then an effect ripples across the screen and there's suddenly more blood than was being <gasps> dripped. Oh my god, it's just like The Shining! Yep. Uh, King Crimson looms up with a shadowy figure behind him. Still looks weird. Then Jorno's there. He's emerging from golden smoke. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like on his knees. To be fair, wouldn't you if you had and access he's to some? holding a broken arrow. Now this weirded me out. Because I don't know if this is a metaphor or if this is actually what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. we know that... Why don't, um, you, why don't you talk me through what you remember seeing? Uh, well, Jorno's there. The, the arrow, we get a lot of close-ups of the arrows that's yeah. spinning. It's one got like side, an insectoid design on yeah, it. Yeah, one side has like the scarab thing. And the other one is just the normal arrow that we all know and love. Yep. But it's broken at the haft or the shaft or whatever you want to call yep. it. It's long bit. Um, and Jorno's all like, hell yeah, I'm going to stab makes a stabbing someone. motion with it. And then a lot of golden light erupts. And it's all like, ooh, stabbing into the fate of time stuff and then the music goes like yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) i really don't like this song you don't well i'm it's better than what was the what was that chase oh i thought you liked chase oh no um it's better than that by a long way you liked chase don't you dare no you do that's why people may hang on what did you hate chase (laughs) how do you not remember me hating it's been a while it hasn't no, it, it genuinely has. It's, it's been like only, a year. It's only been nine months. <laughs> no, I hated Chase. Oh, okay. What are you talking about? Remember, there was like memes about me hating oh, Chase. Oh, I thought the memes were about you liking Chase and everyone else hated it. Yeah, ironically, being all like, oh man, Nick loves Chase. And I was like, stop it. Stop it, you terrible human beings. We may never know where the truth lied about Nick's opinion oh, of Chase. <laughs> this is going to stop. I'm going to get all these tweets again that are like, oh, Nick, did you... Did you like Chase? And I'll be like, for fuck's sake. Um, no, this one, mm-hmm. I like it because it's pretty, it's more fun, mm. Oh, but it's just, just so serious. It is quite serious. But there's another piece of imagery near the start that we skipped over that I want to circle back to, which is like the like three second long, just like slide through of everything that happened in the first part of this story. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah. Like every villain, but like. Is only there for half a second yeah. and it's like snapshots of what's going it's on. Like, oh. It's like pulling out or zooming in or mm. something and it goes through them oh, all. So cool. That's good. So good. But yeah, I feel like I'm going to decipher more of what the fuck is going on in this one. Because it's cryptic this time. Very cryptic. Who is Risotto Nero? 
What is Trisha's stand? Here's a quick sample of some of the lyrics to give you an idea of some of the uh, themes. The themes of this song. You know, we love talking about themes here. So that first, um, that first slow bit, mm-hmm. uh, before all the the hard anime rock music kicks in, <laughs> yeah, reads with a rough translation. Mm-hmm. Even against the fate of God, fly the flag of rebellion, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, these feelings of fear drown them out with rage. From that day I swore to turn my back on the devil. Hashtag relatable. So that's very, very obviously... The boss. Well, that's very obviously what happened in the last couple of yeah. things where Bruno is like, no, we cannot work for this man anymore. Yep, yep. Does this revenge mean the end? Ask the future. Those who cast aside their way of life stay gold. That's right, an eye for an eye. A requiem for the traitor. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Is there any more gangster? When your body perishes, does your prayer disappear as well? Hell no. It's the beginning of a golden wind. I'm sorry, what? And I believe those are the last lyrics of the um, the version we see in the opening. Right, and, okay. And this, I'm sorry, so... When your body perishes, yeah. does your prayer disappear as well? Ask Bruno Bucciarati. It becomes a golden wind, though? It's the beginning of a golden wind. Like chaos theory. Well, what have we, what have we um, seen previously in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which appears like as golden motes of air? Um, Here's a hint. Previously to recording this, we watched a compilation video of every time someone in part three says the name Jotaro. Jotaro, Jotaro, Jotaro. And you would have seen it in there. Wait, did I? Yeah. Oh. Very briefly, near the end. Oh. D-D-D-O? Something about Joseph. Something about Joseph. There's something about <laughs> Joseph. There is something about that Joseph Joseph. He hasn't been staying at home as much, and he's doing a lot of trips to Japan. I'll give you a hint. Okay. The answer is souls. Oh! I don't get it. We see Joseph Joestar's soul made of golden air. We see Avdol, Iggy, and Polnareff. Oh, they go Not so Polnareff. wide, aren't they? Mm. No? No. Uh, I believe also when we saw Bruno's soul... Um, it was a little bit gold? Yeah. So we a little bit? Hmm. Okay. All right. I thought they were all white. Like, they were just mis- discoloured white ghost people. Quick JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fact check with Liam. dun 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 down Liam, the question at hand, if you choose to accept it, is... What colour are ghosts? Ghosts are, of course, a sort of bright, sandy gold... <laughs> But they're in Egypt. Like, the, the light is just... Oh, no. And pink? What are you talking about? Like rose gold. Like rose gold? Yeah, golden rose gold. <laughs> Fucking Joseph Joestar. Got it in on a technicality. <laughs> More like Ghost of Ghoststar. You know, I could have just said Ghoststar and that would have done it, but I needed to go with... Ghoststar Ghost is a good name. Thank you, thank you. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. Liam Ghoststar. Like, imagine, like, a space pirate and, like... Oh, watch out, that's Captain Ghost Star. <laughs> I hear that he's actually not a ghost or a star, but goddamn, he's a hey, ghost Hey, how about star. we start this fucking recap? Wait, what time? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. So they're all sitting at this restaurant. The uh, Jojo Wiki informed me... Oh. ...that... How informational. Per the research trips they took to Italy to make this story... Yeah. ...for the anime... Uh-huh. The setting for this battle is based on the surroundings of a Venetian restaurant named Di Raphael. <gasps> the Raphael! <laughs> That's fun. Yep. 
That's great. So they're all sitting at this restaurante. It's very Demolto. It's the most Demolto restaurant I've ever seen. <laughs> um, they're kind of eating away, having a good time, drinking some wine. Just having a fun chat and Mr's like, Hey, you guys ever heard of vegetarians? <laughs> yeah, what about them? Are they allowed to eat like cheese and eggs? Naranchi is all like, uh, and Abakio in response is like, well, probably not. Are they, they come from animals, so I guess not. And they probably couldn't have a cake with whipped cream either. And then Naranchi goes, but then what do they do about handbags? And shoes. And shoes, they're both made of leather. Oh, they probably just wear sneakers and backpacks. That's weird. Mm. That's real weird. Meanwhile, Jorno is intensely standing guard, like, oh, we've got to watch out for attacks from any opportunity. Anything could happen, guys. Anything. Bruno's all, oh, don't worry, Jorno, they'll never find this restaurant. And Jorno's all like, but they could have poisoned the food. They wouldn't dare attack us when we're engaging in the, the timeless Italian ritual of lunch. <laughs> To be fair, if I ever went to Italy and like a mafioso shot down a guy at lunch, I think everyone there would immediately pull out their own guns and be all like, there was a sacred pact, <laughs> you little shit. We all agreed that lunch was Bali's. <laughs> it's like you have the head of like the mafia walk down to the police station and go, hey Phil, you want to get some lunch? And he's all like, Demolto. When you joined our organization, you made a sacred pact. A pact to respect the family, but above all else, to respect lunchtime as a time of peace and reflection and lunch. And to hell with your lunches. I'm making my own lunch rules. I think it's literally a plot point in The Godfather that Michael Corleone shoots a guy while he's eating lunch. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Note to self. Watch The Godfather. <laughs> See, the, the Academy Awards, all like the accolades, nothing. There's a plot point about lunch. Now we're fucking talking. Now we're freaking talking. A guy gets up, he's wearing a white suit. He like bumps into Narantia, who is stationary, mm -hmm. who then spills like a drop of wine on his white suit. And this guy's like, what the fuck? Why did you do that to me? Why did you be perfectly still behind me when I walked past you? What are you going to do? Not pay for this suit? It cost me 4 million lire. You're going to have to buy me a new 4 million lire suit. Narantia's like, huh? He's got this really, like, confused expression. Uh, the dude then, like, grapples him and is all like... Shirt fronts him. And he's all like, hey, listen to me. I'm hella important, you fuck. And I love Narantia's opening here. Do you remember what he does? So he grabs his wine glass yep. and he's all like, oh, this guy must be an enemy. He doesn't, he doesn't even speak oh. yet. He just slams the wine glass up into the guy's chin. And he's all like... Knocks him down, and then is like, "This guy must be an enemy." And then, mi then cut to uh, Mister, Mister, and uh, Narantia are just standing above him, kicking him. Abakio's over there, takes a thoughtful sip of his wine. Cut to he's also standing above him, kicking him. And they're all just like, "Yeah, take that, take that, take that." He's clearly an enemy. Oh. And then Abakio goes, "Ah, oh, wait, no, hang on, no, I don't think he's an enemy." Yeah, we just kicked the crap out of him really easily. That never happens. Ah, oh, shit. And uh, Naranchi's like, "Oh crap, it's just a normal guy. I can't afford to pay for this dry cleaning." He gets really worried all of a sudden. Not about, about beating, beating the shit out of him. About the drop of wine. But he's like, "I, I can't afford dry cleaning a four million lire suit. That's that's a lot of money." And then Mister just goes. You know, it kind of looks like a button, though. Yeah. You could get away with that. And Abakio is like, oh, well, while we're here, let's have him test our food isn't poisoned. <laughs> Just Open rams wide. a fork down his throat. Here comes the Aerosmith. Opens up his mouth. It's his consensual. 
And he's just like got big cartoon like welts on his face. Yeah, clearly unconscious. <laughs> Good bit. Fucking excellent choice. Now you, you that that memed hard, and you saw some of that prior I to did this episode, accidentally, didn't you? Yeah. Now, as I understand it, that meme is about something that is bad, and then multiple communities get on board to beat down on the thing that's bad. Basically, I'm pleased with this. Now, if someone can send me some of those memes, just by all means, do. Giorno is still off to the side being like, what's going on with Bruno's weird body? (laughs) It's not dead, but is it really alive? I'll figure it out, but not now. Now is lunch. (laughs) It's a sacred time here in Italy. Mm. The conversation that we alluded to a couple of times before happens where Bruno's like, we need to figure out his identity, the bosses, because then maybe we can assassinate him because his stand is too strong. And Naranchi is like, we should leave Trish out of it. She doesn't deserve any of this. And Trish, Trish is like in the turtle being pensive, looking at the zip on her hand. And then she comes out of the turtle and is like, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Yeah, I'm Trish. I can friggin' kill my dad. If I wanted my dad dead, I would tell you. And now I'm telling you I want my dad dead. Really, in the literal discussion that they're having, mm. uh, without just our layer of <laughs> bullshit, she's like, I don't really care if you kill him. I just want to know who I am. I know that my dad comes from somewhere, though. Well, she mentions that her mother once told her mm-hmm. that she was conceived by her mother and her father mm-hmm. uh, in Sardinia. <gasps> like sardine. Sure, yeah. Like like the fish. Yep. Sardine. The fish. The fish of Italy, they call it. And there's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. And that bigger fish could be, for instance, a shark. They met in Sardinia. They did it. They made Trish, and then one day, the man who was the boss... In the most generic plot twist of them all... Was like, I'm just going out for a bit. Need to go get some smokes from the petrol station. And he never came back, and and she never got his name or anything else about him. And now we can link The Simpsons with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Trish is Nelson. (laughs) Oh, I get it. That's why she's always going, ha ha. Exactly. That's why, um... Hang on, I can do this. Yep, yep, come on, think about The Simpsons. That's why Giacho Uh made her drive that tiny car through the streets. No. Okay, you're getting the mix up here. I'm getting fucked up. You're thinking Giacho and The Simpsons. He wasn't in The Simpsons. I'm not threading the needle. Um, That's why Giacho... Uh Uh-huh, yep, yep, that's good. ...was in his tiny car and was like, Look, it's that girl who laughs at everybody. Let's laugh at her for a change. And then Police Chief Giorno's there being all like, Ha-ha, you've got comic book Narantia being all like, Ha-ha. All right, let's pull the ripcord on this one. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, she's basically like, Nah, fuck it, if he dies, he dies. He was never there for me. Yeah. So we've got to go to Sardinia after Venice. Meanwhile, Narantia is thought- thoughtfully stirring his soup. He's musing to himself, wow, I guess she really is stronger than I thought. Huh? I thought she was like me, but I guess she's really cool. Um, and then huh? he just kind of realises his spoon's missing. Yeah, like the camera shot is like we can't see his hand. His, his hand is masking his spoon as he stirs. Mm. And then he looks down like, huh, my hand's empty. Unusual. I, I had a spoon. Quick spoon search montage that I really like. He's like, okay, is it under the plate? No. Is it... And it's like cut, shot, yeah, shot, yeah. like a PowerPoint just, presentation. Yeah, to stills of him being like, under the table? Huh. Hmm. Curious. Is it under my weird knot pants? <laughs> no. Hmm. 
Hmm. So he takes someone else's spoon and goes back to eating his soup. And then there's a clink in his soup bowl. And attached to his spoon via chunks of jagged metal is his old spoon all bit up. He goes, huh, huh. soup doesn't do that. I didn't get some sort of sulfuric acid soup, did I? Jono didn't make a good point, did he? They didn't poison my soup with corrosive acid. No, that can't be right. This is Italy. It's it lunchtime. W- it would be something much more sensible, like an apex predator in my soup. <laughs> and he looks down, and there's a tiny fin ominously circling in his soup. Da-na, da-na, etc. We don't have time for the whole Jaws oh, okay. thing. All right. Um, and he just goes... There's a fin in my soup. Hmm. And he goes to like yank at it. I think he aerosmiths it. Does he? I think he sees it and just like shoots up the soup. Like this is no good. No, I thought he like went to spoon it because he was like, what is that? Okay. At at a certain point he blows up his soup bowl though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is that? Oh, it's a shark. That seems like trouble. (gasps) Oh my God. There's a shark in my soup. (laughs) Waiter. I say waiter. (laughs) Yes. There's a shark in my soup. So don't be ridiculous. It's a what? Excuse me, sir. You ordered the shark soup. (laughs) I did not expect a shark in my soup. Now, when I ordered shark fin soup, I wasn't expecting the rest of the shark to come with it. I tell you that much for free. Well, sir, perhaps you should have read the menu a bit better. <laughs> you stupid idiot. Can you not even do mathematics? Excuse me, it is lunch in Italy. I do not need this barrage, <laughs> this torrent of fuckery about me. So he blows up his soup, makes a big ruckus, and everyone's like, enemy stand user. Oh, where is it? Where is it? It was in my soup. Oh, no, where is it? And Narantia, still holding his soup spoon perfectly level... <laughs> Looks down into it and sees a t- even tinier fin circling in it. <laughs> Etc. Leaps out of his uh, spoon and attacks his tongue. Blah! He goes. And then he spends a while like writhing on the floor while Mister is in, is like bearing down on him, being like, Narantia, what's wrong?" Can-? And he's pointing and. What, what what are you pointing at? I'm not going to look over there. What are you pointing at? What this are you pointing at? Shark oh. teleports away, looks over there. There's nothing there. It's just water. Do you want water? Do you want a drink of water? Is that what you want right now? And he goes to get the water that the shark has teleported into. <gasps> oh no. How's it done it? So he like cuts his tongue up even more to stop himself from being forced to drink su- uh, shark shark water. And Mr's all like, okay, what the fuck, Narantia? Uh, Naranch is dying, he's choking on his own blood. Jorno comes over, is like, oh, this is bad, it's gonna take a little bit to fix this, but he can't breathe. Okay, hand me that pen. Emergency tracheotomy. <laughs> so Mr's all like, well. Well, I'm that's, impressed. That's, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> Jorno's all like, I'm gonna make life out of this little ink well thing. Oh, I think he does it with the pen itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought he was gonna make the tongue out of that half, and then the pen... Oh, like to the... fix his neck afterwards. Yeah, exactly. P- potentially. Who knows? Who knows? The important thing is he makes a tongue out of a pen. Now, this entire section is what I was talking about when I was like, it's you, if you say it out loud, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's just bonkers. It's just nonsense. It is. Meanwhile, bad guys who are in love are watching them. Ooh. We get like first just like partial shots of each of them as they're speaking, but we see these two guys, um, Squalo and Tiziano. Ooh. You know what could be worse than a bad dude? Two bad dudes. Dun, dun, dun. But they're basically just like lounging on top of each other watching them. Like they're ever so much in love. We oh, can yeah. tell. Yeah. They're all about that um, that Greek statue life. Sure, yeah. Wow, that must be that newbie, Giorno Giovanna. Now I understand the boss's orders to look out for that one. Yeah. He'll be the bigger threat. I'm surprised he saved Narantia. I thought my The Clash, or Crush as it's subtitled, mm. would be enough. 
but I'll need your help to get to them, Tiziano. I thought I thought you were looking directly at me. I need to be like, your help, Nick Valentine. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do I need to do? Kill the Jojo. <laughs> Let's do this, Squalo. Yes, together we're invincible, especially when there's water around for my stand. The Clash. Nick, let's learn about The Clash. The clash? We're going to do Talking Head next week because we've got two eppies of these boys. Hey, can I tell you the story about our friend Dom, uh, his dad, who petitioned for The Clash to come to Perth because they weren't going to come to Perth. You know what happened? Did they come to Perth? They came to Perth. Wow, good work, it's Dom's dad. Good, yep. Now we get to talk about The Clash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You sure did tell me a story then, Nick. So I know that The Clash, the band, mm-hmm. are like a 1970s, 1980s. That's the one. They're a 1980s kind of like punky rock band. Formed in 76, but they there would have been go. active throughout the 80s, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and they're very, very, I don't want to say counterculture, but they've got a very like punk attitude. A key player in the original wave of British punk rock. There you go. They're so cool. They're so like, I don't care about your queen. All I care about (laughs) is my good times, man. Uh, Their hits include London Calling. Mm -hmm. You know, the song that plays in every movie or sitcom when they go to London. Yeah. Over over stock footage shots of the London skyline. Did they do Rock the Casbah? Yeah, they did. Rock the Cat, there you go. Did they do God Save the Queen? No, I think that was... um... That was the Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols. That was Mrs. Stand. There you go. We know The Clash. Everyone knows The Clash. I'll I'll be real with you, Liam. I'm not hugely versed on The Clash. The Clash's politicised lyrics, musical experimentation, and rebellious attitudes had a far-reaching influence on rock, and alternative rock in particular. Mm. Here's what Hirohiko Araki had to say about The Stand, The Clash, in the Jojo Vele commentaries. (gasps) My favourite comment... Well, not my favourite commentaries, but go on. Nick, what are your favourite commentaries? Uh, the author's notes. Ah, that how, makes sense. How did you not get that from every time we have an author's note and me going, yes, yes. Clash. <laughs> to rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> to engage in strife. <laughs> Teleporting from one material to another. It was Venice, so I gave it water as a medium. I had the idea that it would be cool to have a shark inside a puddle of water. The design is an ancient armour-plated fish. So ancient. That one's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, that one's... The a... design is an ancient armour-plated fish. That's basically what you'd expect from a, like, art book commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I love that it's like, you know, I had this idea. I had this idea. And it was... And then he elaborated yeah. on how he wanted to use the idea yeah, yeah. and made it work into the story. But just because... The design is an ancient armor-plated fish. It's like, how old is the fish? Why? It's ancient. It's ancient. Its design is based on an ostracoderm, an extinct fish species. What the fuck is that? Oh. The armored jawless fish of the Paleozoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um. That seems, that sounds like how a um like post-apocalyptic villain would introduce themselves. I am the armored jawless fish of the Paleozoic. <laughs> Tell me, do you remember the anthropocentric period? Because man will, in my new age, bond. Bond? Like James Bond. Post-apocalyptic bond. Yeah. Tell me, James Bond, if that is your real name, how's your great dying going? Hmm? 
Okay, I've got to confess. There's a band called The Ocean that just all their album names and some of their song names are just based off um, like periods of Earth's history. This sounds like the only opportunity I'm going to get to use those names. I see. Didn't really follow you there, but okay. Okay. So it's a it's an ostracoderm. Uh, it can teleport from water source to water source. It's like soup. Its and size water. adjusts as appropriate. Yep. Um, Much like a goldfish. What? I think a goldfish is one of the sorts of domesticated fish that will grow to fit the vessel they are put in. I don't think that's true. That's true. Is this? That's true of certain sorts of fish. No. Yeah. Get out of here. Like they will stop growing when they reach the optimum size for the container they're in. Yeah, but they're not going to just shrink. No, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to imply that. Oh, okay. But if you put them in a bigger pond, they'll start to get bigger. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. No, this is my house. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I didn't know that. Is this why um, those fish that you see in like koi ponds and stuff are so much bigger than like contained aquarium fish? Presumably. Wow. Amazing. Is it also because they're koi and not goldfish? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Talking Head next week, as I mentioned. Okay. So, so they'd saved Narantia from the initial attack. He's not dying from having his tongue bitten off. Mm-hmm. He's got a new tongue. Probably, weird. That probably feels weird. I, I don't... I Yeah. It seems really weird to me that we can just make new body parts, but it's more like, oh, they're the same. Mm. It's, don't worry about it. If it was made from a pen, do you think he'll have like a plasticky taste in his mouth while he's getting used to the new tongue? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Narantia, you got attacked. What did the stand look like? Where did it come from? And it goes to speak. Why? It looked huge. Like What's... a pebble. What? What the fuck are you talking about, Narantia? It that... ran into the restaurant. And all the while he's like, wait a minute, that's not what I wanted to say. What? So this goes on for a while. I don't, don't think we need to do it. A long while. Every time they ask Narantia something about the stand, he responds like in an aggressively normal tone. Mm. Um, he's like, yes, it was like this. Then immediately afterwards, he like claps his hands over his mouth and looks horrified. And then they ask him another question and he's like, it went that away. No. Yeah. As he, again, tries not to say anything. It's a good premise, but it gets a little tiresome. Well, it happens <laughs> With, like nine times. I think the problem is more so that it happens like nine times without really progressing anything yeah. for a while. Then when things actually start to happen, it it's good again. Yeah, it really kicks off then. Yeah, it really just drives it home for a while. But, but he, he also finds that, for instance, if he's going to point, then his body contorts and he goes and like, the other direction than he what he where he meant to point. Yeah. So we can't use physical gestures. Yeah. Which is just like, oh no. At one point, Mister's getting really frustrated with him and he like grabs him and is like, Did you really see something, Narantia? Narantia rears up and is like, Of course I did. Not. <laughs> He's like, what is going on? Yeah. Abakio's all like, well, geez, Narantia. I guess we better investigate this restroom. Yeah, he points them into the bathroom instead of pointing at the shark that he can see in the canal. So they go in there, they're all like, hmm, well, I guess maybe it has something to do with the restroom. Oh, there was one point where um, Narantia holds his mouth open with his hands and Mr. looks in his mouth and is like, yep, that's a mouth if ever I've seen one. <laughs> There's nothing in there to make you seem weird, so okay. Mm -hmm. um, they go in the restroom. Yep. Is it in the restroom for the first time where his tongue starts being prehensile? Yes. Oh, and we've also seen yes. a shot of the inside of his mouth where his tongue has, like, on the underside, like, a little parasite with a face on it. Oh, not yet. Hmm. 
Yet? Yeah, I don't think it's happened oh. by this point. Oh. But they yeah, got, but we, they... it gets it gets extrap not extrapolated. It gets exposited by What's the name of the guy? Tiziano. Tiziano. Or maybe Squalo. <laughs> I'm not in t- not a hundred percent sure which is which off I the top think, of my head. I think Squalo is talking head. I think. I'm not sure. Um and he's all like, ah uh, yes, my little tiny parasitic Squalo talking head. Squalo is clash. Okay, right. Squalo's clash. So Tiziana is uh talking head. Oh, you know what we've been negligent in doing? Discussing the talking Squalo and Tiziano and their, the meanings of their names. Oh yeah! What's their food? Squalo mm-hmm. means shark. Really? Yep. Are you kidding me right now? No. Oh boy. Um, Tiziano means weird tongue parasite. <laughs> if it just means tongue. Tiziano Vecelli is an Italian painter. Ooh, that's cool. Also known as Titian. Titian. Yeah. Hmm. How interesting. From the Renaissance period. What did he paint? Uh, self-portrait is his uh, Wikipedia <laughs> header image. <laughs> that doesn't really help. <laughs> Recognised by his contemporaries as the sun amidst small stars. Recalling the famous final line of Dante's Paradiso. Hey. Titian was one of the most versatile of Italian painters. Equally adept with portraits, landscape backgrounds and mythological and religious subjects. Mm, that's hard to do. I imagine so, yeah. Mm, art's fucking hard. <laughs> During his lifetime, he, art is hard. Art is hard, man. You think it's going to be easy, but then you try it and you're like, oh, how do you do perspective? Like, hang on, so I draw dots to, like, break up the composition of... A... <laughs> fuck that, that's hard. <laughs> Just give me a ruler. Some of his paintings include A Man with a Quilted Sleeve, 1509. <laughs> uh-huh. Portrait names are great, by the way. Wait, is that the actual name of the portrait? Yeah. Wow. Assumption of the Virgin. Ooh. Wait, t- Assumption? Yeah. Why is it Assumption of the Virgin? That's just some biblical bullshit. <laughs> the Assumption of Mary was a Catholic doctrine that remained optional in the early 16th century. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an optional elective. Hmm. The doctrine held that the body of the Virgin Mary was assumed or moved physically into heaven at the end of her earthly life. Right. So I assume that's what's being depicted as we can see Mary on top of clouds being picked up by little sheriffs as everyone watches and is like, oh yeah, there's Mary being taken up to God. No, don't go! (laughs) Like a reverse Mr. Bean. (laughs) A lot more graceful, a lot more beautiful, but more importantly, far less choirs. Both portrayed by Rowan Atkinson. (laughs) Curious that that man never ages. Squalo and Tiziano, the Shark, best of friends. Shark and Painter Man. Yeah. Just all over each other this whole time being all like, ah yes, my tongue thing and your shark thing are perfect companions. <laughs> Much like we are perfect companions. Oh. Squalo, will you marry me? You know, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I not just, really into being tied down, I don't you know, know if I like like you. <laughs> I love working with you. (laughs) Let's not make this more than it is. (laughs) They go into the bathroom. Abakio, can you replay what happened in here? Thereby making your stand perfectly defenseless and also in the water? Sure. Naranchi's all like, wait, the water? No, that's liquid. Quick, I need to run over there and not have water coming out of this toilet that they're going to go well, to. He first he turns off like all the leaky taps and like starts scrubbing away any residual water with paper yeah. towels. Uh, but then his traitorous tongue reaches out of his mouth and turns the faucet on. 
Gross. So, so this weird tongue reminded me of something. The faucet in a restroom is by definition one of the surfaces that you will always touch before washing your hands. And his tongue is touching it. Mm, truly, if the stands don't kill Narantia, the bacteria will. Mm. But then, like, enough of that bullshit. Let's go. Oh, it went into the toilet over here. How can Narantia stop them from looking in the toilet? I have a theory. He could body slam into a Barkio. There was a good bit earlier when Giorno is like, shall we go out to sea? And Narantia body checks him. <laughs> and he's like, yes, let's go out to sea. Oh, That's man. what I said, Narantia. So Narantia doesn't body slam into a Barkio or pull out any other tricks. Instead, he decides the quickest and best option here is to just urinate into the toilet. While saying, because of talking head, look at me, look at me, look over here. And uh, Abakio... What are you, some sort of pervert? And then Bruno's all like, Jesus Christ, Narantia. Let's, let's leave the, the restroom. Abakio's all like, okay, I think he's fucking lost it. Let's just go. They're all leaving. Jorno thinks something is up. I'm not sure why he would assume that, but Jorno... Something about this doesn't ring true to Jono. No, he's all like, maybe it's the way how every time after Narantia says something, he grabs his mouth and looks shocked. Maybe it's in the hypocritical words that are coming out of his mouth mm. each time he speaks, right after he was seemingly attacked by something. Mm -hmm. When Jono looks away, Narantia's tongue comes out of his mouth, circles down towards his waist, grabs his switch knife, and cuts Narantia's finger up. Jono's all like, Whoa, hey, Narantia, what happened to your hand? Let me slowly approach you and heal your bleeding fingers. And Narantia's like, oh no, the shark will come out of my blood and attack him. Okay, I know what I need to do. Narantia, is there something wrong with your voice? No. He's getting so close. Go on, Giorno, you can figure it out. Your actions and words seem to contradict each other. Is it something to do with when we recreated your tongue? <gasps> He's onto it. He's onto it. Something maybe... Making you say the opposite of what you mean? <gasps> I need to get rid of this blood. <laughs> yeah, let, let me heal your blood. Then we'll figure that out. And then he's all like, I can't let him heal my blood. He's going to die to the shark. And he does maybe the coolest thing in this episode. <laughs> so he brings out Little Bomber. Yep, Aerosmith. And shoots up a nearby pipe. That's hey. heating it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then rams his hands onto it to cauterize the wounds. Pretty cool. Brutal! But alas, that very act to save Giorno was Giorno's undoing. For the pipe started to leak, and out of the water of that leak came a shark that jumped onto Giorno's neck and bit a big chunk out of it, knocking him to the floor and continuing to chew on him to be continued. No! What will happen? Pretty rough. Maybe he'll die. Rough stuff. It's rap on Giorno. <laughs> he had a good run. But really, it's been more Bruno's story for most of this. You know, when we think about resolve and resolution, it's not about whether Giorno got to resolve his story. It's whether or not they could stop the drug. Exactly. For the kids. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which they won't now because <laughs> Giorno's dead. So Nick, what are our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight would 100% have to be just the bit with the shark. Like the first... Oh, end, really? Like the end... Like, the way that the shark comes out with, like, the spoon, and then it's just like, what's going on? What are we doing here, Araki? There's a shark in my soup. <laughs> like, just that entire sequence, I was like, yes? What? Huh? How Genius? Yes? Just that. Amazing. Awesome. Top tier. 
Your highlight? My highlight is that kicking bit. Kicking bit? Where they kick the guy a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I forgot that. (laughs) I need to see some of those memes. What about lowlights? My lowlight is the bit where Narangia can't say what he means is too drawn out. Yes. And he's like pointing and they're like, what is it? 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 Oh, are you pointing at that thing? And then the shark is gone. You're like, oh, yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, terrible. This isn't your first rodeo. Um, hmm. My low light probably has to be. Can I just have the same low light? Because it's absolutely so bad. It's annoying. Just they, they're all idiots for that <laughs> entire section. No idiots in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> it's like as that's happening, I understand that they're like. You're being weird, Narantia, but at the same time, he's literally pointing at things going... But then he can't it's point over the right thing. Yeah, but at the time, he could. And he was like, oh, over there, and he's pointing oh, at the right when, thing. When he's first had his tongue bitten off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, yeah, it's over there. It's over what's wrong there. with your tongue, Narantia? Over there! It's like, but what's wrong with your tongue? You're like, for fuck's sake! It's just, they're all acting Shoot so... Shoot the thing, mister! It's just so dumb. Yeah. It's so drawn out. Yeah. So, Nick. What? Jorno... Has a big shark biting him. <laughs> yep. Narantia can't say what he truly feels. But can any of us? Trish wants to kill her dad. Risotto Nero remains at large. <laughs> what will happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh. Bento Oreo in the episode entitled The Clash and Talking Head. Hmm. Okay, well we know what The Clash is and we know what The Talking Head is. Yes. So maybe... Jorno will figure out what's going on through some bullshit. While having his head eaten? Yeah. So I reckon maybe Narancia will bring out, like, Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Start shooting up Clash as best he can. Yep. Jorno will be all like, whoa, what was with that giant shark all of a sudden? And Could Narantia... that have been what attacked Narancia? And Narancia is like, no! <laughs> My fucking mouth! So then Jorno's like, oh, okay, it was probably nothing. <laughs> And then, like, a Metal Gear guard just goes back to his patrol route by the table. Yeah. So I reckon it'll be entirely localised within this restroom for the whole episode. A shark? A shark battle. At this time of day? <laughs> Completely localised to your restroom. <laughs> May I see? On dry land? <laughs> so... May I see? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I reckon that they'll have to trap it... Within that room and make sure there's no water that gets in or out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it can transport away because it's like limited by sight or something like that. Oh, yep. Right? They're going to need a bigger boat. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger boat. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that'll that'll be the entire episode. Is them fighting this giant shark as they figure out, oh, Narantia doesn't need this. And then he can't explain to Abakio, Mr. or Bruno what's going on. Well, that's the thing. If the other guys become aware of what's going on with Clash mm. properly, then the whole thing with Talking Head just becomes obsolete. Exactly. So maybe... Well, no, because he still has the weird tongue thing going on. Oh, true. He's still getting attacked by a knife by his own tongue. Yeah. So he has this big old whip tongue. Um, but they'll probably figure out, okay, the user has to be nearby. The shark is going to eat us if we don't figure out where they are. Uh-oh. Maybe we split up and try to find them. Or something weird like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, uh... And then, like, the shark is stalking one of them through the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, maybe it'll be something weird like Jorno, like, heals himself. And it's all like, the shark's getting away. And Narantia's like, I already destroyed it. No! <laughs> um, and then it's, like, just a stealth battle as they all try to figure out, hmm, my spoon was just... There's a bite taken out of it. 
Was Narantia also feeling this weird stand presence? No, he said there wasn't a stand. So it's just going to be really frustrating. Yes, I reckon so. <laughs> and then uh, Risotto Nero won't show up for another episode. <laughs> Risotto Nero will remain at large. What is his deal? What do, what do you think is the long-term game with Risotto Nero at the moment? He's what? still in the opening, so he's not being entirely yeah, yeah, yeah. removed from the story. What was the name of the kid in part four? Um, oh, Hayato Kawajiri. Yeah, is it going to be something like that where we get a kid introduced... Hayato style. And that this is the um the pink shirted kid. Did he have a pink shirt? Or purple shirted pink hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um it'll be like that where he's coming to grips. <laughs> it, it's with just some... an entirely unrelated vignette about this kid being stalked by ruthless assassin <laughs> Rosoto Nero. And Rosoto's like, hmm, this one kid seems really useful. <laughs> Why? You know? You ask too many questions. Um yeah, maybe maybe the kid is like coming to grips with the fact that he has like multiple personalities or maybe he has a stand. How did you come to that conclusion again? Well, like in the intro, Risotto Nero like blends into him in a way Mm -hmm. that just seemed like, why is he seeming so Oh yeah, so you think this kid is Risotto Nero? In some way. Like maybe the kid isn't aware that his stand, Risotto Nero, is going around being all like, I'm Risotto Nero. Or he's like a werewolf and when the moon is full, he turns into Risotto Nero. Yes! Oh my god, please. When he eats the right pasta, the squid ink pasta. Uh, Or when he eats, say, Risotto. I don't follow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe he turns into... No, Liam. Risotto's the guy. You can't eat him. He'd have to eat Nero. Um, Maybe he has to like feed risotto's tendencies otherwise risotto comes out as like a super powerful guy or something right so maybe it's like um what's his face um samurai guy um bad guy what's his name the bad guy from part four Big oh <laughs> your chicago maybe it's Sam- like... samurai guy is yeah. your go-to for him yes because he talked that's, about being a samurai that's his defining quality not say a sort of perf- serial killer and hand fetishist yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he wanted to live a quiet life, like a samurai. Oh, dearie me, Nick, you've got an amazing brain. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something like, because he couldn't control his urges to, like, you know, hands. So this guy has controlled his urges, but in the process, split them off and created an entirely... Yeah, either that or whenever and, the urges cre- come out. And created like... a high-ranking mobster. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. There's something weird about this kid. <laughs> Maybe it's the boss. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, so that's what I reckon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Just what the fuck is going on yeah. at this point? What, what are they? What's going to await them in Sardinia? Well, hopefully sardines. Um, <laughs> like I genuinely you hope. You want like a, a, a trivia brief narrator break in with like Sardinia, birthplace of the sardine. Yes. Oh my god! Please, yes. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like birthplace of the sardine. Many people have still confused anchovies with sardines <laughs> due to their salty nature. Yeah, something along Here those is lines. how you can tell them apart. Diagrams. <laughs> if ever bartering with a sardine, um, yeah, I reckon maybe it'll just be go there. They won't be able to find Trisha's mum first because they'll have a stand battle. Oh, yeah. And then they'll find Trisha's birthplace. Or, well, or Trisha's mum is dead, you may recall. That's why this whole thing kicked off because oh, she yeah. died and that's how. Yes. So maybe they'll go there, be all like, this is where my house is. Dad hasn't been here for years. And then they'll go on the lookout for some other clues. Maybe like 
the local mob gang. Oh, yeah. And they'll be all like... Like in Yakuza 6, when you have to team up with, like, the small-time provincial family. Yeah. Speaking of which, Yakuza 7 announced Yakuza 7 turn, turn-based JRPG. I don't get it, man. I, I don't, don't get understand. It. How can they do it? I'm apprehensive, because those games don't really hold my attention, but hopefully... And by those games, I mean, like... Classic JRPG turn-based yeah, yeah, yeah. style. Or, like, Final Fantasy-type stuff. Mm. Um, but hopefully, the Yakuza-ness of it all will be enough to tide me over. <laughs> Fuck, it's going to be weird, man. It is. Weird. Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. Okay, let's wrap it up. Okay. If you liked this episode, you can support us on patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Rate and review us on the service of your choice if you don't have the money to support us financially. And if you don't have hands, well, how are you listening to us? Let us know on Twitter. I'm at Milk Juice. (laughs) To be continued. To be continued. リベテルチ。